and welcome to a special edition of the Triple H Podcast, Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. We got you covered on everything NBA all the time. Tonight on the show, guys, we have our very first guest on Happy Hour Hoops, Jeff Maydew. Jeff is the host of his own podcast, Big Man on Basketball with Barstool Sports. You can follow that on Twitter at BigManOnBB or his personal Twitter at Jeff Nadu. And uh, Jeff, happy to have you here, man. And thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Always good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, anything I can do to help. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, so we just first and foremost kind of wanted to, you know, ask you how you got Big Man on Basketball going, how that... Uh, how that journey started with Barstool and yeah, just how you got into talking college hoops. Uh, well, look, I mean, I've been doing this for, I mean, over a decade now. I've been on Twitter since 2009. Uh, I've been gambling forever since I was a little kid, basically. Uh, <laughs> I started uh, I, back in 09. I, I got on Twitter. I started just giving out free picks, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the goal of it was always to use it just as a hobby and, and see where it went. But then, you know, I started to realize that you, know, you could create things called podcasts. There wasn't really anyone doing content of that ilk at that point. I remember I had a laptop and there was like a video uh, recorder kind of thing. And I just, I put a video on Twitter. I still have the video when I was, I mean, I was like, uh, I might've been 19 or 20 at that point. And um, I remember a year or two later, my dad mentioned to me, why don't you do a podcast? And um, I, I, I did it. I no one listened to it. Me and my friend did it in my living room. And, uh, you know, my, my goal always was to just kind of try to make something out of it and uh, you know, maybe get paid to do it. Uh, I started working with a company offshore. I worked with them for a while, started doing betting videos and content, always had YouTube and that kind of stuff going. And, um, you know, then in, you know, I met I met Big Cat at Barstool years ago. Um, I've always kind of talked with him. And um, he one day was just like, this was back before gambling they even did at bar. So this is when they're at the old office. And he said to me, do you want, do you want to come meet Dave and talk about some of your ideas? And, and I said, you know, yeah, absolutely. So one of the days I was just sitting in my house, this was like three years ago and Dave DM me and just asked me if I wanted to come up. And it was a long odyssey with Barstool. Um, you know, a lot of people don't really realize, like I, I've created an avenue to make money through selling my picks and that kind of thing. So you know, I'm not totally dependent on content. So for me, um, it had to be the right situation and, you know, kind of became the right situation. And, you know, now I'm there and doing stuff and Dave's, you know, cool and let, lets me do the stuff on the side that I'm doing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it all kind of matriculated. And then I always wanted to do a pod and then I kind of pitched doing a podcast with them and doing other stuff. And that's where I'm here now. That's awesome, man. Nice. Uh, nice humble beginnings there and you know being able to do what you want to do and that's and that's talking hoops and obviously you have a huge following on twitter and stuff so yeah that's a, that's a great startup story right there so you yeah, had i to- mean it's um it, for real quick it's it's you know i remember doing what you were doing you know like years ago and you know, that's why anytime someone asks me to come on a show like i always go on it because i like talking about sports and you know maybe in five years or 10 years, you know, you can, um, 
you, you can do what I do. You know, I don't, I'm not really any different than anyone else. You know, if you talk to trolls on Twitter, I'm as big a loser <laughs> as anyone. So, you know, I, I just, I just try to keep my head forward and, and I don't really ever give a fuck what people think. And I just do what I want. Nice. I respect that, man. That's I feel like that's but that's kind of in our uh, mantra with this whole thing, anyways. We're kind of just like we're just gonna do whatever we want, and however it works out from there, like at least we're getting the experience and we're having fun shooting the shit. So it's good to hear like somebody else coming from that kind of same vein and be in the spot that you're in. Um, so do you? Um, let's go into here a little bit. You're a Philly guy, right? Is that not to be mistaken, or are you a Philly sports fan? I'm a Philly guy. Yeah, I um, you know, I've been. I've been a Sixer fan since I was born. I remember going to the games as a kid. I, uh, a family member was my uncle or somebody in my family had tickets and I used to go, he had really good seats and we used to sit right behind the media, like press, right, right ahead, center court, right front row. And I remember going down there and I've been a Sixer fan. Alan Iverson is my hero. I mean, I've been, I've been a basketball fan for, you know, since I could, since I could dribble, you know, as a little kid, you know, I, I've always enjoyed the game. You know, I love high school, college, whatever. Uh, I really kind of got into basketball when I was, you know, kind of mid, you know, early, like 10, 11 years old. I, I would go to six year games and, you know, I would, I remember watching the ammo mixtape tour when I was a kid and just, I fell in love with basketball and that's always kind of been my constant gambling, just kind of an, an extra thing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, so you, the, you're, we were going to talk to you about your beginnings in basketball and just kind of how you got like so obsessed with college hoops and just basketball in general. So it was just, uh, it's really Alan Iverson's the one who did it for you. Then uh, watching AI growing up must have been a treat for you, man. Yeah, no, it really was. Um, you know, Alan is. I think w- what people loved about him so much here was just the fact that he really define the city you know if you come to if you ever come to philly you you kind of feel it's a blue collar place you know there's a lot of hard people here that that appreciate someone like him and he you know every night would go out and give it his all and that's why i think today with you know guys like ben simmons and joel Embiid, you know when we see stuff like you know they have to sit out or they're not in shape you know it's really sucks because you know i remember in 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 2001 when they went to the finals i mean alan had every injury known to mankind, but he was always out there and he would play his heart out and he would give his all. And, you know, you look at that team that went to the finals that year. I mean, that was, uh, that was a bad team outside of Allen Iverson. And I remember it, it you know, sadly enough, when, when, when Kobe passed away, I remember thinking back to when I was a kid and that when I was young, you know, I'm talking 12, 10, you know, that age, mm-hmm. I hated Kobe Bryant, you know, because I remember when I was a kid, Kobe, when we went to the finals against the Lakers, Kobe was from this area. And I remember he said on national TV, they asked him about Philadelphia and he said, I'm going to rip their hearts out right before the game. And I remember I said to my dad, like, why would he say that he's from this area? You know, he's supposed to be one of us. And and I remember for years, I didn't like Kobe Bryant. And then as I got older, I, I appreciated the, 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 just the, the player that he was. And, and I, I always remember that playfully when I was a kid, but, you know, those back and forth with Allen and Kobe and Shaq and just, yeah, I mean, that's when basketball was at its peak. Um, but, uh, yeah, Allen was, was kind of the, the star for basketball with me. Love that. Yeah, that's great. That must have been such a, you know, we, we were a little too young to kind of appreciate that era of basketball. But, you know, the, those are just some of the greats that you just mentioned. But someone else you mentioned, I got to <laughs> – I got to bring up is, is Ben Simmons. Uh, you, you mentioned him 
and Embiid. So we wanted to ask a little what you thought about that Harden trade that that could have been to Philly. I saw you tweeting about it a little bit uh, earlier in the week, but yeah, I mean it was um, it was a missed opportunity as usual from them. I mean this is a team that uh, you know, like I said, really my entire life they they've never really been willing to make the move to, to kind of put them over the top. You know, when Allen was here, uh, it, it was. It wasn't until late in his career when they would bring in a guy like Chris Weber or, you know, I mean, the best player they brought in here, you know, during their run was Dikembe. And and when Dikembe came here, they they went to the finals. So, you know, this is something that for long parts of my life, they've never done. You know, they, they you know, throughout the 2000s, you know, 2010, that era, that era, you know, it was just, you know, finishing, maybe making the playoffs and, and, and bowing out in the first round and picking 16th every year, you know, and getting stiffs like, you know, Iguodala in here and Sam Dallenbear and all these kind of guys. Um, and then, it, you know, we had to go through the, the nonsense that was the process. And we were told, you know, for years, almost a decade, that the process was going to be worth it. You know, we were going to compete. We were going to win titles. The truth of the matter is the process hasn't put us anywhere f- closer to a title. This team's still not better than fifth or fourth. This team still lacks issues. And they still have an issue in realizing that Ben Simmons or John B can't play together. Ben is not a dominant ball guy. He can't shoot. He leaves your offense so you know, kind of hurt, you know, in certain situations. And, you know, you look at a, per, a perfect example was Saturday night against Memphis. They were without Joel Embiid. You know, the last play of the game, they have an opportunity to win. Ben Simmons has the ball in his hands. If he can pull up and shoot a three, you know, that that might set them apart and win that game. Instead, Ben Simmons has to pass because he's too scared to shoot the ball. At what point are we going to realize in this town, how long are we going to put up with this? How long are we going to put up with this constant – you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. It hasn't worked. Yeah, it's time to move on. And James Harden would have brought something to this town that they haven't had uh, since Allen Iverson, a guy that can score. I I consider to be real frank with you, James Harden, the second best scorer of all time in the history of this league. Uh, and you know, he's going to set Brooklyn over the top. Brooklyn's the best team in, in the East now because of it. Yeah, so with the going off the Sixers, I'm I'm with you. The last couple of years, especially, like I've been, I've been really high on the Sixers. I picked them to make the title against the Lakers last year. I still thought they were going to be really good this year. So is there still? So you think fundamentally that it's just it's an issue with Simmons and Embiid, and is there still another move out there that you see that they could make now? Because obviously the deal was the Harden deal, but there's still guys. I mean, Brad Beal is the next name. There's always a star to be available, it seems like. But Brad Beal seems like the next name. Do you think that they're going to get – think they should get involved in something like that? Or is this kind of the squad they're going to roll with with Doc this year and see how the cards play out? I, I think I think this is what, what the future is. And, and they feel like this team is is the team that's, that's going to take them to the next level. And it's it's not. We all know that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't – if I'm the Nets, I'm saying, like, why do I want to make that trade, you know? At the end of the day, you know, I, I just I don't know. I, I don't I guess maybe if they feel like Ben Simmons can can be, um you know, a, a big for them. I don't know. I feel like Ben is best when he's outside of the point guard role. But um I'm just not a Ben Simmons guy. I, I think he's a failure here. I, this team has lacked the ability to pick the right players for a long time. And. You know, it's really not so much Embiid or, or necessarily even Simmons. It's, you know, the continued just getting fleeced on people like Markel Fultz and, um, you know, Zaire Smith. And, and you know, just you look at just little things, not picking in the second round, not realizing that to, to, to win at the, in this league, you have to have a competent bench. 
you know, just all that kind of stuff. No, I don't think they're going to make another move. And, um, you know, it's a shame that they're not going to. Yeah, I mean, it's just that we've been, we've talked about the Sixers. I feel like at length on this pod. I mean, everybody in the basketball world has just because because of that, just the the tandem and them together, and it's just we wanted we. I think we really we really were calling for the Ben Simmons for James Harden trade like throughout the whole summer and everything. The same reason, everything that you just said, just the the ball creator. Like I've always said, Simmons like like Simmons with John Wall. And Christian Wood would have been so much fun to watch down in Houston too. And it would have probably been the best, you know, best scenario for Simmons to kind of maximize his skills. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes with the rest of the East here. Um, so we, you're not, you're, you're not high on your Sixers for the Eastern conference odds here. It sounds like, um, but besides the top two teams at the odds here with the Nets and Bucks as the favorites, the next group, we have the Celtics plus 750, the heat, plus a thousand and the Pacers plus 2,200 currently to win the Eastern conference out of those three teams, who, who have you liked so far at the beginning of the year and what's the best value do you think out of that? Uh, group yeah. of I mean, I don't really put much stock into 12 games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's more about long-term. I, I'll still continue to say that the heat are the team that have value to me in this conference. They've been there. They have the best coach in the NBA. In my opinion, they have a star in Jimmy Butler They've got a burgeoning star in, in Hero and, and at a bio. Duncan Robinson is a sharpshooter. I like the Avery Bradley addition. You know, Drogic is as good a guard as you'll find that gets no love. And their bench is getting valuable minutes right now. Guys like Gabe Vincent, Precious Achue, you know, you got Iguodala, a guy that can defend anybody, Mo Harkless, you know, Myers Leonard. You know, all these guys by the playoffs um, are going to be huge. And I look defensively at this group, you know, they're always legit. Um, you're, you're going to have a team that's been there, you know, and not a lot of these teams have. So when I look at the heat, they're still the team that I would, that I would just, just choose. I mean, I, I don't, again, we have to also realize, you know, you'll see a five and seven or six, seven, whatever they are, whatever they are, but you know, that's not indicative. They, they've played a lot of games with D league type, you know, mm-hmm. players. So, um, yeah, I, I, they would be the team that I would have my own. I'm, I'm really high on the heat. I think long-term they would, they were my pick at the beginning of the season. They're my pick now. And they'll be my pack till the end. I like it, man. I feel like the heat, the top six in the heat or the top six in the East, sorry, is just going to beat the shit out of each other. Like that's, and that's like, like you said, even though they're going to be like a five, six, seven seed, like they can obviously play with any of these teams at the top tier, of the East so far um, out West. Uh, obviously the favorites are always the Lakers and Clippers. The last two years, those have been the big favorites, but in that next group, the next group of teams, we've got four teams here under 30 to one odds. We have, Denver at 12 to one Dallas at 14 to one Phoenix at 18 to one and the Utah jazz at 20 to one. What's a, what's a team in the West that you like so far? Uh, well, look, I, I'm not going to just say the Lakers because everyone <laughs> say the Lakers, but uh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep carrying the water for, for Dallas. You know, I, I think Dallas is a team that, um, you know, early on, you know, we've had to kind of put, you know, Chris Japs back into the fold and, you know, they've had some injuries as well. You know, Richardson's been out with COVID stuff. You know, it's lucky for them, all this stuff's kind of happened at the beginning of the season. So late in the season, they're not going to necessarily have to deal with it. They still have the, one of the best players in the world. Uh, I'm actually a big Cauley Stein fan. I think he's a really good big in this league and has been for a long time. I think he's a great defender. He can offer you a lot. He's just a do it all dirty work type of player. 
Um, I think Richardson gives them a defensive angle they haven't necessarily had. Uh, and you talk about a bench that I like, you know, with Kleber and, and Burke and, you know, you know, Tyrell Terry, who I thought was the second best shooter in this draft, Boban. You know, it's a good basketball team. You know, I, I'm I'm still going to carry the water for the Mavs. Also recommend, you know, I, I talked before the season about the Phoenix Suns. You know, I thought they made one of the better moves in the offseason, bringing in a guy like Jay Crowder. Uh, there's not a lot of defenders that can defend at his level. Uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, it's a good to do as you have at the point guard position. And Mikael Bridges uh, is a good young defender yeah, as well. He's been yeah. balling this year. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, and you have you know a guy like Aiton, you have a guy like Darius Sarge, Frank Kaminsky, each one more. They kind of fill up the rear in, in the front court. So, you know, Paul and Booker, that that's kind of unfair, frankly. So yeah, I, I'm 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 gonna have you know I'm gonna say that they're gonna have value, and they're gonna be a lot better defensively than you in years past. You look at so far this season, fifth in the league in points allowed. So they've yeah. made a huge huge move up defensively. Yeah, that's the team we've been we've been talking about them. We've been high on them too. Just they they just look like a playoff team. Like when you watch them in games, like the way they can win different matchups with teams in these in just these regular season matchups, you can just see it on a floor in a playoff game being effective. I definitely like the Suns too. Um, so quick before we just move on to some college stuff here, uh, just one of the, you've been on a little bit of an NBA heater. You've been t- tweeting about it a little bit. You were doing pretty well on some NBA picks. So, what's a team that you've been uh, you've been tailing lately that you that you like for uh, for some picks coming up soon? Uh, well, you know, I've been actually um, I've been betting a lot of totals in the NBA. I, okay. I'll say I'll say this: um, if, if you're looking at totals, you know, the the, the Sacramento Kings are. They, they might be one of the worst defensive teams I've seen in a long time. <laughs> and it's kind of a mess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Washington for that matter as well. But, you know, defensively, this is a bad basketball team, Sacramento. I mean, one of the worst defensive efficiency uh, numbers I've seen in a long time. Uh, and they're a team that, you know, can, can get, you know, have some fun on offense too. They can score. You know, Darren Fox has been real good. Uh, the three-point shooting with Halberton's been terrific and Buddy Heald and that group. Um, so there are teams just kind of bet overs with right now. As far as your know, teams that have getting gotten the the, the money, um, you know, I've been San Antonio a few different times. I've been a lot of different. I've been a little different in the NBA. I'm more of a guy that um, looks to fade what what public betters are betting. You know, so I'm going to be betting a lot of teams like San Antonio, Chicago, Memphis. Um, I had Memphis the other night against Philadelphia. You know, just spots kind of going against what the public, you know, seems to think is, is good spot. So I feel like Charlotte's kind of in that group too. Yeah, sure. Charlotte's been, been, you know, they've gotten the money, you know, 57% cover percentage. So, you know, if you've backed Charlotte in every game, you're, you're in profit. Yeah. It's funny because you look at the the worst teams against the spread so far this season, Toronto, Denver, Houston, Miami, Milwaukee. Uh, So, you know, all those teams are, are teams you could bank on last year too. Like it's weird. Like, especially like Milwaukee, like I was, crushing on Milwaukee so many times last year. No, you're right. And, and, you know, it's funny because Milwaukee is, you know, if you've bet them as a favorite, you know, you're losing money and, and that's their role a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Milwaukee, their continued problem. I mean, they lost the game the other night against Dallas or, or almost lost the other night. The games are close because Giannis Atenacupo can't make free throws. I mean, in that no. game, I think, I think it was like nine for 21. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> It just can't happen. So, um, 
yeah, I, I, I think it's just all about keeping up with the league and, um, you know, finding, you know, unders have been good and overs have been good in certain spots. You just kind of, kind of keep with what's going on and, and do your research. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like you said, have, have had some uh, hot success in the NBA, but you, you are more of a college, college basketball better. And uh, we are kind of just curious how you, you talked about the, the love for the game came from Allen Iverson, but how did the uh, obsession come, come on with you for college hoops? Uh, well, you know, that's, um, I guess just something that I've always bet on and, and I've always just, I have a, a different mind than most. I, I can remember a lot of things and, you know, for me, I'm always looking for ways to do things that are kind of out of it. So like, for instance, in college basketball this year, there are 357 division one teams. So, um, you know, I can kind of hide and, and, and find things that others aren't. And, you know, that was always kind of an avenue for me. And that's one thing about the uh, college that you really don't have anywhere else. There's so many teams, there's so many numbers. And, you know, I have all the time in the world to, to just watch these teams and understand the schematics of how they play. And, you know, I love the passion You know, I love the, the, just the, the camaraderie of college and how they care. And yeah, it's, uh, it's just always been a love for me. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we, we were kind of talking about before we got on the pod today, just how strange the college basketball season's been this year. You know, I mean, between COVID within itself, but then the Kentuckys of the world, Duke not really being that great. And I've listened to a few of your uh, podcast episodes and, you know, you spend a lot of time talking about Gonzaga and Baylor who have been good teams in the past, but it, it's such a strange season where we see those two teams at the top and kind of no one else really being able to even scratch at them. I mean, do, do you think that's credit to Gonzaga and Baylor this year? Or is, do you think COVID has, you know, played a part in this super weird college season? Um, I think, I think definitely, you know, fr- from a standpoint of it's just different. Do I think, you know, Duke would be better if there wasn't coronavirus? No. I don't. I, I I think they just are who they are. It's just not a great year for for Kachishevsky. Um, mm-hmm. You know, same with UNC, same with Kentucky. I mean, these are these are programs that have deep issues. You know, and it's not just a virus. You know, but um, you know, it's definitely a lot tougher from a gambling standpoint. You know, with the, some conferences doing back to backs, and you know, they're, they're you know, it's it's already difficult, guys, to get info on teams, especially low level teams. Yeah, um, you, you're sometimes just flying by the seat of your pants, and and you know you have like a situation last night. You know, I had um, I had a team Virginia Military Institute VMI. You know, I find out as the game's going on that you know probably their best rebounder didn't play. There was no news on it. They got out rebounded significantly. So, you know, it, it's a year where there are things that are changing. But do I think Baylor and Gonzaga? They haven't really been affected by it. The only thing that's hurt Gonzaga is they've had to cancel a game in, against Tennessee that, you know, would have just by them winning made them look a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it's really hurt much. You know, you have to adapt and basketball is easier because you only have, you know, 10, 12 guys you got to worry about and they all live together. It's a little different than football. So and they're doing due diligence to make sure that, you know, it's not going to be a problem. Right. Yeah, that's funny you say that about the small schools because me and me and Donnie here, we both I went to Kent State and he went to UMass Amherst, so we both like and we both were part like followed and covered the basketball team in different ways. And there would be games where I'd show up 
I remember I'd show up to Max Center at Kent and not know somebody was going to be on the court until like I walked out of the court and didn't see him yep. warming up. And then you see the tweet that's like the starting five and the dudes out of the starting five. You're like, all right, what happened? So yeah, I can't even imagine like, and not that Kent's a big school, but I know there's smaller schools that are still D1. So I can't even imagine trying to like find those little intricacies through that at all. It's got to be crazy. It is. I mean, you have to just kind of try to do your research and due diligence. Um, you know, I, um, I I just try to look where others don't, you know, forms and things like that. I mean, it's, it's not easy. Sometimes you just have to assume. But, you know, I've seen players on some teams, like really low-level teams, like there's a kid on a, a team, he – he like tweets out if he's going to play or not. So, uh, you know, there's, there's stuff you have to find, but some nights you just have to kind of just wing it. And that's, that, that sucks. But you know, in this year you have to assume, like I was talking today with, um, you know, on my show, I have coaches on occasion. I was talking with a coach, um, at NC central, a really good mid-major team in the MEAC. They've won the the league the last three seasons. And I was talking with their coach. They haven't played um, since December 12th. Oh, Jesus. Coach Moten was telling me today that, you know, basically in over 60 days of the season, they've only played four days and had seven practices. So <sighs> it's, it's, it's really crazy just how certain teams are affected differently. And, you know, they have to go get – you know, match up somewhere else. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And these dudes are creatures of habit too. Like, especially coaches, like they want shit down to a T. I can't even imagine the kind of adjustments that they've had to make through the year. Um, so before we, before we let you go here, we just want to, we're just like we said, uh, we cover, we're big in the NBA. Mostly we do cover a little bit of college basketball, but we're here to try to help our, uh, help our listeners here find a, a natty winner. So is there any couple of teams that you think, uh, that you think is going to make a run in March madness so far? Yeah. I mean, as I said, with NBA, I'm not going to give you like the, the, the Baylor Gonzaga. I will say this, if Gonzaga doesn't win this year, I don't know what to say about them. <laughs> I mean, this is their opportunity. Uh, and I'll throw out just one or two Tennessee. I, I think Tennessee by the end of the season is uh, right there at the, in the final four. I, I think this team's really good. Uh, they're out of the three teams, Tennessee, Baylor, and and Gonzaga. I think by the end of it, Tennessee's the best defensive team. I, I really like what they do. Vez Pons is the best defender in the country, in my opinion. You know, Jaden Springer is a freshman that's a McDonald's All American that that can just score. I, I just love what they do. They don't turn it over. They don't make mistakes. Uh, they make you make mistakes. Um, they're just. And and they're smart with the basketball. You know, a stack guys that you want to look at in college basketball is something called non-steal turnover percentage. A non-steal turnover would be stepping on the end line, traveling, uh, shot clock violations, just self-imposed turnovers. Um, they, they're just terrific at not doing that. And they also make you do stuff like that. So they're just a tough team to prepare for. Um, I think if you speed them up, it could be concerning, but they, they're getting the experience. And what I liked about them is – they got sped up against Alabama, then lost, but then came right back and beat Arkansas, who do the same thing. So mm-hmm. um, Tennessee's a team long-term that I really like. Uh, I'll, I'll also throw out Virginia. Uh, they're always a team that are going to be in my futures. Uh, defensively, I think you know, that 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 system Tony Bennett runs is as good as, as good as you'll find. It's hard to get kids to play defense. Uh, he gets them to do it. They also run a system called the blocker-mover offense where it's really – it's really all about shooters, and if they have them, they're tough to beat. 
Sam Hauser is a perfect fit for that team, and he's really played well for them. They're starting to make shots, and and that's that's huge for that offense because they don't need to make a ton of shots to win games uh, because they're so good defensively. But you look at the last two games, 80 and 85, that's where they need to be to win games. So um, Virginia is a team that I would that I would be in on. Um, you know, St. Louis, Richmond, oh. there's some, they're kind of some mid-majors that I would have my eye on uh, out of the uh, Atlantic 10. But uh, and Loyola, Loyola Chicago, out of the Missouri Valley, Sister Jean and and that group, <laughs> they uh, they're really good. So so keep an eye on the mid majors. But um, yeah, I, I like Tennessee and Virginia a lot. Awesome, man. Well, uh, we appreciate your time. You know, talking hoops. It was great to to oh, pick yeah. your uh, well-rounded basketball mind here. Um, and yeah, if you have if you have anything else for the listeners b- before you take off. Yeah, Feel any plugs, anything like that? <laughs> yeah, just check me out, man. Big Men on Basketball. Uh, you can find it wherever you get your podcast, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, we always put picks out there, always putting out, you know, it could interviews, just really trying to, you know, look, I know Barstool's fun and that kind of stuff most of the time. But for me, um, it's about winning and, and trying to become better gamblers and doing things that I'm doing and showing you what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I, I think just uh, – you know, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Nadu. And, uh, you know, just remember what I tweet is, uh, you know, it's just me tweeting. Just remember that that about Twitter in general, people. That's a great point. Honestly, that's that's a great point. That's a great point. You can't make anyone happy on there. You know, you could, um, you could cure cancer and someone would bitch that it wasn't done fast enough. So, uh, yeah, I I don't put a lot of stock in that, but thanks for having me. Good luck to you guys. Appreciate you, man. Jeff. Cheers. All right, y'all. That was Jeff Nadu of Big Man on Basketball and Barstool Sports. Follow him again at Big Man on BB or at Jeff Nadu, N-A-D-U. This was Happy Hour Hoops at Happy Hour Hoops 1 on Twitter for Trainwreck Sports at Trainwreck Sports. Don't put the O in sports. Donnie, you got anything else for everybody here? No, that's just a that's just a lot of ads to remember for the for the folks <laughs> at home. So if you gotta do the little fifteen second I'm gonna, back and go over them again. Well, I always if you if whoever listens to this podcast, if you didn't know, I always put the ads in the description. Love so it. if it's ever there, if you want, if you need to read, if you're a visual learner like I am, it's right there. And that Jeff's will be in there too. Uh, thank you again to Jeff for coming on the show. We greatly appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you guys later this week where we are going to do our, we did to the, I mean, we did a little bit, it was kind of like an NBA title futures. That's kind of what we wanted to go through with Jeff. This is like our yeah. futures week and next week we're going to give you, or next episode, we're going to give you our player futures update. We're going to have some of the boys on from Trainwreck sports to come talk more NBA with you. So yeah, keep it locked here. Later guys. <laughs>